You know, you see it done so often in movies, people documenting their will on tape and saying things like, if you're watching this, I'm dead. I'm sorry. Randy Stair was a YouTuber who openly shared his strange and disturbing views on the world. However, whenever his mind started to go very dark and stormy and avalanche into a very dark place, nobody seemed to notice. All of these signs would ultimately lead to his tragic actions. My name is Harmony, and welcome to this week's episode of What the Actual F. It's as if the almighty powers above was saying, this is what you're supposed to do. That's what I felt like my purpose was. It wasn't to get a fucking full-time job and start a family and live a long, happy life. You know, none of that garbage. It just, that wasn't who I was. The case I'm telling you about today is massive and it's crazy, it's graphic, so please be prepared. I do want to make a little observation though. If anyone would have noticed these warning signs, this could have been prevented. But I feel like that's often the case with these stories and the crimes that I tell you about. If somebody just would have noticed, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here telling you all about this. So with that, let me go ahead and tell you all about Randy Stare and about what delusions followed him to the grave. And how, how did nobody see the signs that this man was truly a killer? So for this, we are heading out to Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. It's quite beautiful and the people are very nice. I will say it's very cold though. Very, very cold. But I am from Florida. So to me, if it's 60 degrees or below, that shit is ice. Fun little fact as well. Pennsylvania is the fifth most populated state in the U.S. Home to over 13 million residents and home to the Stair family. Randy was born on September 17th, 1992. Just two years later, his parents would give birth to his younger brother, Jeremy, who was born on the 11th of September in 1994. Randy and Jeremy's parents were Robert and Laurieann. They were loving and very focused on raising their two young boys. And it seemed like in the beginning, everything was going according to their plan. Randy himself kind of stayed away from people when he was in school. He didn't talk a lot. He was pretty shy when he was young. He preferred to be alone most of the time and always seemed to be lost as a child. It seemed as though he didn't feel he had clarity. Now, like many of us millennials, he loved Nickelodeon. I mean, to be fair, who doesn't? Or who didn't? Nickelodeon now is completely different than what it used to be. Randy had an obsession with drawing the characters that he would see on Nickelodeon, mainly Timmy Turner and Danny Phantom. But it was more than just drawing for him. You see, when he was young, he wanted to be a cartoon character. Yeah, like, as in animated. Don't get me wrong, that'd be cool as hell. But I never dreamed about being one. This guy, he did. And it gets weirder. Now, usually when I tell you about killers and murderers or crimes, the person who was responsible for these often had a childhood that, well, would make a lot of people shudder. They went through abuse, they had a very hard time, their parents didn't care, maybe they were uprooted from home to home. However, Randy didn't have that. He seemed to have a pretty normal and decent childhood. Besides the fact that he was introverted, very, very introverted, which carried into his adulthood, nothing really happened to make him seem as though 
something would break and split in him. Now, Randy did end up having friends as he grew up, but he never ended up dating anybody. Now, it may have seemed pretty obvious that Randall had some sort of maybe social anxiety or possibly like a, a mental illness that kept him from understanding possible social cues. However, he was never diagnosed with anything. And then in June of 2008, Randy launched his very own YouTube channel. I'm going to keep going until I stop. Uh, I'm just going to keep making videos until I can't do it anymore. And it's all because of you guys. You know, it's really nice. Um, this is what people can do for you on just on the internet. Well, hello, everybody. Guess what today is? My three-year anniversary on YouTube. So today is my four years on YouTube. I've gotten so much farther than I ever thought I would in four years. So thank you so much to, to everyone who has subscribed. I've gotten to help lots of other people out the past four years. So today is my six-year anniversary on YouTube. Time has gone by so fast. I honestly cannot believe it's been six years. It seems just like three years ago, it was 2008. It's been twice that already. Today marks my eighth year doing YouTube videos, which is insane to think about, thinking I just started out with absolutely nothing, just the ideas in my head and just my determination to make something awesome. Before he created Pioneer Productions, he did have another channel. However, he used this one for like funny videos and he would take movie clips and put them together. Well, if you know anything about YouTube, that's a big no-no. Those are called copyright strikes when you do that, and his channel ended up being banned, well, indefinitely. Now, his new channel was going to be completely different than his previous one. Originally, Pioneer Productions was just about like goofy, comedic stints and like acts and just little things to make you laugh. Think kind of like oddball slapstick humor. At the creation of his second channel, Randy was 15 years old. Now, as the channel continued to grow, it would sort of change a bit and focus on three main characters. Those would be Randy Stare, Froggy, and Whale. Randy found Froggy in a shopping cart at Wise Supermarket. Keep that name in your mind. Believe me, you'll remember that name later. When he found Froggy, it was gross, it smelled like cigarette smoke, so he decided, I'm gonna take it home, and I'm gonna clean this little Froggy toy doodad. When most people, when they see a abandoned toy that's grimy and disgusting, leave it alone, he decided, nope, I want it. And boom, there we have Froggy, one of the newest characters to Pioneer Productions. I don't care, I'm setting you straight, even if it kills me and sets the house on fire. I'm gonna do it! You have got to be kidding me! I'm a fucking frog! You want me to get educated? Now let me tell you about Whale. Whale was, well, he was a perverted character that apparently liked to hit on Randy. He did this in a very low voice. You mean you still haven't told them about us? No! There is no us! He continued with these characters for a few years on his channel. And again, nobody seemed to find it weird. Especially since this whale character was definitely some sort of predatory character. Now let's fast forward to 2010. Randy got his very first job. That's right, he started working at McDonald's. However, he did not like it. And I'm not saying like he just went in and hated his job like most of us do. No, he went in and after three hours on his first shift, he was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And he quit. Right there, three hours in, 
was done. I don't blame him. I've been in the food industry and people are assholes. Now, obviously, this absolutely enraged his parents. Randy was 18 years old and now didn't even have a job. I don't know about most of you, but usually when you're 18 or older and you're living with your parents, they definitely want some sort of help. You're eating their food, you're running up the electricity, you're living there for free. Some parents aren't okay with that, and apparently Randy's. So they wanted him to be able to hold his own weight and pay for things instead of expecting them to do it. After all, he was an adult. Time to, well, it's time to pay for your own life, buddy. <laughs> parents aren't always going to be there for you. So after a few months of Randy not working, his dad gets Randy a job at Wise Supermarket in Eaton Township, Pennsylvania. Also, fun little fact is how his dad got him this job. His dad was the manager of that same exact store. Now let's go back to his YouTube channel for a minute because in 2011, he became a paid YouTuber. Everybody, my lifelong dream for YouTube has come true. I am officially a YouTube partner and that is fantastic. Now, if you hadn't guessed it because of what he was doing on YouTube with all of his little productions and making these little like movies and weird skits and stuff, Randy really did want to, you know, be in the industry and make movies or like films and stuff. So now that his YouTube channel was monetized, this only propelled him to push harder. Basically, this fueled his ambitions for his dreams. And those dreams, well, they would turn into nightmares. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys about my sponsors because they are the reason that I can continue to bring you content. My very first sponsor was Doom and Groom, who are still very much so a sponsor of me today. Doom and Groom is a craft hair, skin, beard, and tattoo care company based in Denver, Colorado. Their oils, balms, butters, and pomades are great for use from head to toe. They will keep your hair and skin healthy and hydrated. All of their products are unisex, dye-free, chemical-free, plastic-free, and organic. I highly recommend you guys head over to doomandgroom.net and check out all they have to offer. Again, I'm a personal fan of Succubus. The scent is amazing. While you're over there, if you find something you like, use my code HARMONYDOOM and take 10% off of your order. So head over there and show them some love. Thanks again to Doom and Groom for sponsoring me. Love you guys. And now I've got a brand new sponsor to tell you guys all about. That's right, guys. My newest sponsor is O's Vape. O's Vape is all about a tobacco-free universe. Now, I am a previous smoker. I smoked for the better part of 15 years. And I'm going to be honest, the only thing that got me to put cigarettes down was vaping. And I don't want to hear it. Yes, I vape. You know what? It's a lot better than smelling like cigarettes all the time. Because your girl smells good. If you head on over to letsos.com, that is let's oze.com. You will be greeted by all of their amazing products. Just one of their disposable nicotine vapes equals four packs of cigarettes. They have 12 different flavors for you to choose from. My personal favorite is absolutely lemon tart. It is so good. O's strives to give you a pharmaceutical grade nicotine, a variety of different flavors, and a smooth experience with no burns or leaks. If you vape, you know that sometimes it's harsh, it makes you cough, and you'll get slammed in your throat by liquid. Yeah, I realize those words now, and those were probably not the best choice to use. If you do vape or you currently smoke and you'd like to quit, head over to letsos.com. 
check out all of their flavors and products. And let's say that you want to try something out, go ahead and use my code HARMONY and you will get 30% off of your order. Again, that's letsos.com and use promo code HARMONY for 30% off your order. And thank you again to O's Vapor for sponsoring me and allowing me to share your amazing products with everybody else. Now let me tell you all about Nexus Mars. Nexus Mars is a company that sends out boxes of edibles or just snacks. That's right, THC edibles for those of you that were wondering. I recently received a $25 box of their edibles and I can tell you from experience, I am so pleased with my purchase. In fact, I just made a second purchase for a bigger box. So you know if I'm shelling out money and ordering more, you should go check it out because, you know, um, it's worth it. While you're there, if you decide to buy something, use my promo code and get 10% off of your order. That code is HM10NM. Again, HM10NM. While you're over there on the page, you should go ahead and also add Heaven to your Snapchat. Heaven is responsible for everything there. And by far, one of the most amazing and kindest people I have ever had the pleasure of working with. So head on over to nexusmars3.com and check out what they have. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Heaven who will quickly and efficiently respond to you. Heaven, if you hear this, I adore you and I love your products. Again, guys, that's nexusmars3.com and my promo code for 10% off is HM10NM. Now, let's get back to the show. He's trying to make sense of it all. How did this happen? <laughs> it's just like, it seems like it was like out of nowhere, but it's been years and years and years of this, but... feel like I'm meant to be. So now that Randy was a full-blown YouTube partner and being monetized, he bought himself an iMac and started to create more content. He did this not just by himself, but he did end up working with other creators that were in his genre as well. Around the same time, Randy ended up graduating from high school. He then went on to attend Lazoni County Community College for three years, from 2011 to 2014. However, this wasn't really a priority for him. School was more of like a, I guess I've got to, but I really don't want to. Now, as we stated, Randy did like Nickelodeon and cartoons. However, he was also a brony. For those of you who don't know what a brony is, I'm about to enlighten you. A brony can be any number of things. In its most commonly accepted form, Brony is a male between the ages of 16 and 30 that watches the show My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Easy, right? Now, the research that I have done comes up with two origins on the name. The first being a combination of bro and pony, the second originating from 4chan's slash b-board, where the Brony community got its start. This would be a combination of slash b and pony. And while I do not doubt the legitimacy of the latter, I am more subscribed to the former theory, mostly due to the fact that there is no letter R in slash B or pony. So in case you're confused by that, a brony is a male from the age of 16 to 30 who follows My Little Pony. And these guys dress up and go to conventions, you know, they have like little ears and their hair and everything. So like they're super into it. Hence, a brony. Now, I'm not here to discuss my feelings on them. I'm just here to tell you the facts about Randy, and Randy was a brony. Randy also had posters from Frozen, Inside Out, and The Beatles all over his room. 
Now, Randy did try to experiment with his channel. He even made more channels as well. It wasn't just like comedic skits. He tried gaming. He did everything. You know, you have to grow as a content creator if you want to keep creating content that people are going to watch. So he was trying and doing little things and just, you know, playing around a bit. Even with all of his little changes and everything, nothing really stuck as his niche until he found Ember. Before I tell you about Ember, let's talk about Danny Phantom for a second. He's a phantom. Danny Phantom is an American animated action-adventure television series created by Butch Hartman for Nickelodeon. The series follows Danny Fenton, a teenage boy who, after an accident with an unpredictable portal between the human world and the ghost stone, becomes a human-ghost hybrid. He then takes on the task of saving his town and, subsequently, the world from ghost attacks using an evolving variety of supernatural powers. Fun fact, by the way, Butch Hartman, who created Danny Phantom, also created The Fairly Odd Parents. And if you remember me telling you, Randy also liked that show, as he would just sit around and draw Timmy Turner. With the introduction of Danny Phantom to this case is where we're going to start to see the very twisted, strange, and delusional world of Randy Stare. One of the characters that are in Danny Phantom is known as Ember McLean. Ember is a ghost rock star who uses music as a sonic weapon. This musical weapon of hers will hypnotize her enemies. Now, Ember was only in a few episodes, but she is very well known for being kind of like the seductress and having a very real hatred for authority. Some of the music from the show was fully released, and this is when Randy became obsessed with it. But not just with the music, with Ember herself. Randy would sit and listen to the music constantly, and even though Ember was a cartoon, he stated that she was his very first crush. He even claimed that Ember helped him cope through things that he endured in his life. She was there for him. I just kept looking at her and it's like, she got it. She understood me. I understood her. We had feelings for each other. And it just, it was way more than just a simple connection. It was life-changing. I just, I went into a zone that I had never really been in before. Now, I'm not going to knock anyone that finds comfort or solace in anything. Dude, it's fucking hard living as an adult in this world. I get it. However, the solace that he found in Ember was very intense in 2013. In January of that year, Randy lost one of his friends, Matt, in a tragic car accident. Alongside with losing his friend, Matt, he also lost his grandfather. Both of these experiences were very hard on Randy. Shortly after all of this, Randy himself was in a car accident as well. He did luckily escape without any serious harm. It was, however, the multiple deaths that were around him that sort of led him on a dark path following the curiosity of death. Randy fell into this abyss of wondering what death was like, wondering what it would be like after you die. He couldn't stop thinking about it. It got so intense that he began to enjoy thinking about death. Now, I do want to say something about Ember. A lot of Randy's friends would even joke and say that Ember was his fictional wife. I'm this close. This close to my baby. Well, Ember was my baby. She's not my baby anymore. She's my queen. Mackenzie's my baby. Mackenzie, baby! 
Randy would go on to say that Ember was his queen and that he knew her far before he was even born. They had a spiritual connection, according to him. He stated that their spirits existed in another realm before he became human. This connection to Ember created this alternate universe of Randy's. It was this delusional universe or world of his that would change the direction of his life forever. I was trying to pinpoint where it exactly started. Well, obviously when I first saw her, but... <laughs> Back when I'm like 14, I'm not thinking, oh, there's this whole world full of these ghosts, and I'm one of them. Randy called this fantasy universe of his Ember's Ghost Squad, or EGS. This was a fan-made spin-off, and it did stay true to the storyline and even the artistic style of Danny Phantom. Now, though it followed along a bit with the Danny Phantom storyline and the whole artwork, there's a bit of a difference in it. This squad of ghosts would actually seek out and recruit suicidal people. Now, at this point, Pioneer Productions wasn't doing as fantastic as Randy would have liked, so he decided to quit and pursue EGS. And of course, in order for him to do this, he had to create a brand new YouTube channel. However, before he could go on and create another channel, he had to say goodbye and end Pioneer Productions. So he then started to work on how he could kill off his two main characters of Pioneer Productions. He made a five-part series of this. He viciously stabbed Froggy and Whale in order to end their character career on the channel. Did I mention that he videotaped it and shared it? Why are you doing this? Because she told me to. Now, during the five-part series filming of him viciously stabbing these toys, he did actually end up hurting his own finger. He may have just gotten a little bit too into it. You know what I mean? And by the way, this wasn't like a little nick from the knife. This required three different surgeries to correct his pinky finger. He got really into the stabbing. Even after all of the surgeries, his pinky remained permanently bent. Now, to Randy, this was a good thing. This meant that he could work night shifts at the supermarket, which gave him more time to work on his animated series. On January 12th, 2015, Randy posted his last video to Pioneer Productions. In this video, he's sitting playing Call of Duty, like a reimagining of it, and all of a sudden, Ember appears to him. The two of them start talking about their connection they have and how Ember has had this huge impact on Randy's life. He then takes a box that has Froggy and Whale in it, brings it outside, and proceeds to burn it. I feel like this man should have learned his lesson when he was playing with knives. Maybe he shouldn't throw fire into the mix, but I don't know. What do I know? This is supposed to be a metaphor for the end of an era. You know, this is done. This is the past. It's gone. After this, he returns back home and he is continuing with the whole reimagining in the movie and tells Ember he is ready. But you might be wondering, what the fuck is he ready for? I'm about to tell you. He then takes a gun and proceeds to uh, pretend to take his own life. And now that his YouTube channel was gone, he could now completely focus on animating Ember's Ghost Squad. Earth is currently a putrid, power-hungry world that purely revolves around sex, drugs, and money. But now, after decades of recruiting, 
Welcome to our world. Officially, Randy would be known as Andrew Blaze from here on forward. Now we're going to fast forward to 2016, one year after he posted the final video to Pioneer Productions' YouTube channel. During this past 12 months, he had been focusing on the animation for EGS and his obsession for Ember. During this time as well, Randy's demeanor sort of changed. He sort of turned more dark, more grim than he already was. I don't even know if he could have, but he did. I think what disturbs me about the change in him is that people saw it as edgy and not as, okay, this guy's getting real disturbing. He even goes on to share a video about like how dark his thoughts are on his point of view of the world. And let's just say, though his first videos were very odd and very weird on his first channel, this is where the red flags should have been noticed. But apparently we love our rose-colored glasses and those flags don't look red, they just look pink. In this video on EGS where he's going dark and just sharing all of his thoughts, this video, by the way, is called The Abyss. He actually asks his viewers to take a look into the abyss themselves and reassess their true self as well. Like, you know, hey guys, Shit's getting pretty dark for me. The world's super fucked up. You should take a look at it, too. It's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, dude, we know it's fucked up. But don't focus on it, because then shit's going to get bad. That's just my two cents. Don't ever focus on the dark stuff. It's just going to make your world a lot darker. Find the light and let that shit shine. All right, that's enough motivation for this podcast. Let's continue. How well do you really know yourself? I want you to try something. Go to the mirror. Just stand there for a little while. Just staring at yourself. Do you recognize that person staring back at you? You might think you do. But I can guarantee you that more likely than not, you do truly not understand that person staring back at you. As you can tell, even though his content before was definitely odd, it's getting darker. And again, nobody seemed to notice that this this was like a warning, like a huge, giant, red fucking flag. But they're all like, mm, entertain me, Mr. Blaze. However, if anyone would have realized it, they probably could have helped him because if you couldn't notice, by this time, when this video came out, just 12 months after the final video of Pioneer Productions, he had spiraled so badly into his world of delusions and nobody seemed to catch on. At this point, Randy was in full-blown psychosis and enraged with the world. I'm not just saying that, by the way, because of observations. Randy would go on to say that psychiatrists or even scientists would never be able to understand him because he was just far too special. He tells people about a woman that he's been seeing and how she's been helping him and he's finding himself, she's leading him on that correct path he needs to be on. And I don't know if you guys have figured it out by now, this was not a real life flesh and blood woman. No, the story hasn't changed. It's still Ember. Now I do want to make a little side note here, sorry for anyone who's just here for the story and doesn't want to hear this. I have met and known many people who find animated, you know, characters attractive. I mean, hentai is a thing for a reason. However, to become so obsessed, to become basically in love with something that does not exist, 
should be a red flag along with half of the other stuff in his videos, but that should have been a huge warning. But then again, this is the world we live in and nobody seems to think anything is weird anymore. Especially when we should, especially when we should notice these odd things and be like, hmm, you don't see that every day. I feel like maybe that should be looked at. However, as I stated, nobody seemed to notice any of these red flags. It's like I was sent here to do this. I was physically sent here to spread this cause. To start this cult. And whatever happens, happens. By now, Randy, aka Andrew Blaze, says that he has finally realized his purpose. He knows who he truly is. And if you couldn't figure it out, he's completely obsessed with death and the afterlife at this point. He actually believed that the afterlife was this sort of like magical realm or like this place where anyone could just do anything they could ever want. And this is going to sound really close to what I would say a life's purpose, except Randy believed that everybody had this soul contract, that they had something they had to fulfill and do in life otherwise known in my eyes as like, you know, your life's purpose. However, I don't think your soul is a contracted obligation to fulfill that. I just think if you don't fulfill your life purpose, then you wasted your whole life. But at least you got to live, right? Okay. However, Randy believed that you did have this soul contract and that you had to do something in your life. However, once you accomplish whatever this soul contract that you made, once you do that purpose, you die at least according to Randy, or Andrew Blaze, whichever he's going by. It was this way of his belief that led him to think that he needed to die in order to be with the love of his life, the animated ember. Now for many of us, if we create something, we know that it's not real. We created that. That's not anything that was just already in existence. However, Randy believed that EGS, even though he was the one creating these videos and making everything, was a very real thing. He believed that once he passed away, he would resurrect as a female spirit so that he could be part of EGS. Now, Randy had been struggling with depression and anxiety and some mental health issues since probably 2013. By this point, Randy's depression was just very, very bad. It had become so dire that he truly believed that dying would be the very best outcome for his life or lack thereof, for his future, we'll go with that because I feel like that's what he believed, that this was going to be a better future for him if he just ceased to have a physical body. But it wasn't so much just that he believed, you know, that he should die so he could be involved with them. No, he believed this was his fate. This was his sole contract. He needed to die to become part of EGS. Now, unlike Danny Phantom itself, EGS didn't really take off as much as I'm sure Randy would have liked. It was still sort of kind of like this big little hit in his following, but it didn't turn into anything besides just a few views and some followers here and there. But he didn't just leave it on YouTube. Randy played out his fantasies in reality. He would go onto his Twitter and post EGS recruiting souls and ruining mourning families since 1980. He would also state, cry yourself to sleep if you have to. It releases energies from your soul. It's okay to be sad. And gunpowder smells better than any flower you could ever give me. 
By the way, these tweets that he was posting were all made from the EGS squad. He made several accounts so that they, you know, the EGS squad could all interact. But this squad was all just Randy. Even though in his world, he felt that these were very real. He wasn't the one controlling them. It was them. He would have each of these characters interact with each other, retweet each other, and just, you know, converse as if they were normal people just hanging out on Twitter and talking to one another. However, this was all just Randy doing it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Andrew Blaze. Randy was the one who did everything for EGS, basically by himself for years. Now, he did pay hundreds of dollars for a few voice actresses to lend their voices to the female characters. Now, Randy really wanted his, you know, EGS squad videos to do really well. He wanted as many people to see them as possible. But in social media climate, oftentimes what you want is not what you get. People simply weren't as interested as Randy would have hoped. In fact, some of his fans started not to even like it anymore because of the excessive violence and how dark these videos would get. People were just starting to feel that this was getting morbid. Every day, like, things just make more and more sense, yet at the same time, they get more and more confusing. I just wonder, like, why this isn't doing anything yet. Now, although people were not as comfortable as they were with his Pioneers Productions, even though that shit was weird, nobody seemed to report or reach out to anybody about Randy's actions or the way he was being. They would ask him, like, hey, what's up? Like, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And he would simply say, this is just me, just acting. So apparently they would accept that and go, oh, that's fine. He's just acting. The thing is, Randy wasn't acting. And it was about to get so much worse. Okay, so here's the deal. Got a 1983 quarter right here. You believe in fate? Here's the fate test. I'm gonna flip this three times, or the best out of three, rather. And if it's heads, I'll do it here. If it's tails, supermarket. This brings us up to April 2017. Randy decides he's going to challenge his own fate. And how is he going to do that? The flip of a coin. At this point, Randy had decided, you know what? I want to die. I want to fulfill my purpose and I want to be part of EGS. Again, this is his delusional world. But he was positive of one thing. He wanted to die so he could be with Ember. However, at this point, although he knew he wanted to die, he had no idea exactly how he would follow through and take his life. This is where the coin flip comes in. He decided that if he flipped a coin, depending on what it landed on, he would either A, take his own life alone, or B, take other people's lives and then his own. He allowed fate, according to him, to make the decision. For the record, a coin toss is not fate. That's called chance. So Randy decided to do the best two out of three of these coin tosses. And this is where the decision was made. That is a tails, folks. Tails. Which means there's going to be a loss of a human life besides my own. Now let me tell you something. At the point of this heads or tails video, Randy already had a shotgun. It was a lovely little gift from his mother. 
And this shotgun he had named Rachel, after, you guessed it, one of his EGS characters. However, because the coin let him know that his fate was correct and this is what he had to do, he decided to buy himself a second shotgun. If you ask me, that's just overkill. This second gun that he ended up buying, he also named after an EGS character. This gun's name was Mackenzie. Now let me tell you a little something here about these shotguns. These were Mossberg 500s. And in case you didn't know, those were the same guns used in the Columbine shooting. Something that Randy was also very obsessed with. It was supposed to be just another school day at Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. What happened there on April 20th, 1999, however, has gone down in history as one of the nation's worst criminal acts. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold unleashed their fury at the world when on that Tuesday they entered school grounds and went on a 49-minute rampage that left 15 people dead and 23 others wounded. The violence began outside of the building where they shot classmates out eating lunch. They roamed the halls in the cafeteria, setting off bombs and shooting indiscriminately. Most of the carnage, though, took place in the library. There, the 18-year-old Harris and the 17-year-old Klebold taunted students who hid under desks. They shot some at point-blank range and killed others by shooting randomly under tables. One survivor who was badly injured was able to crawl out a window where SWAT team members carried him to safety. It would become one of the most indelible images of that day. Outside the school, chaos reigned as students and faculty were let out by police with their hands up. They then sprinted to friends and loved ones for emotional reunions. Back inside, Klebold and Harris, who'd killed 12 classmates and a teacher, committed suicide, though it would be the next day before authorities deemed the school safe for others to enter. By then, a makeshift memorial of crosses had sprung up and the school's name had become synonymous with violence. By this point, as we know, he is very obsessed with Columbine and EGS. But he wasn't just obsessed, he also began to vent about his frustrations and his anger and his rage. This would slowly turn into racist remarks and homophobic remarks. He was going down a very dark path. He did flat out say that he believed the killers of the Columbine shooting were actually very much victims. And he began to feel sympathy for the shooters. It was this bond that he felt with them that made him decide his fate. And this would seal the fate of a few others. Moving forward, all of the hints, all of the signs, everything in his content was there. It began to get very dark. Okay, darker than it already was, sorry. Shit gets bleak. He would post videos of him singing along to Pumped Up Kicks, which if you don't know is all about the Columbine shooting. He would post videos of him shooting in his target practice to let everyone know how great he is with a gun. He would even sit for hours filling journals with his extreme thoughts and his violent plans. And yet again, nobody seemed to notice that anything was wrong. And let's just add a little bit of merchandise to this because that's what he did. He made and sold natural selection t-shirts. If you have no idea why that is a big deal, because that is the same shirt that one of the Columbine shooters wore. Randy kept dropping hints of something big happening. Randy began tweeting about a date that everyone needed to be prepared for. He also made this artwork of one of the EGS characters with the quote, 
I hope you all fucking die. Oh my God, he sounds so pleasant. Isn't that sweet? Mm, love it. He posted this piece of artwork to DeviantArt. And if you guys don't know what that is, I'm sorry, you're not a millennial. But DeviantArt is a place where you can share your artwork. In case you didn't figure that out with the, the term art in it. Now this is going to sound a little weird as I do <laughs> technically do this very same thing. I just don't do it to take pointers. But at this time, Randy became obsessed with watching a lot of like spree shooters and spree killer documentaries. And then he would go and discuss them with other people or talk about them online. <laughs> kind of sounds like what I do. Except again, I'm not watching these things because I want to know what I should do in order to follow in their footsteps. No, I'm just obsessed because I don't understand why the fuck people kill. I just don't get it. I can barely kill a fly, let alone plan a mass murder. Ha, <laughs> that's not happening. But I'm still going to watch this stuff and I'm still going to tell you all about it. However, Randy was watching it and talking to people because, again, he was planning something. As this continued, if you look back at everything, you can almost see the timeline of where he decided and planned out the attack at the supermarket. Now, he didn't just make these EGS videos and stuff to share his feelings. He also had a mass amount of suicide tapes that he had recorded. In these tapes, he discussed his hatred for the world and more. He just kind of went in his tangent of sharing his delusional mind and sharing how much he wanted to die. There was over 10 hours of video on these suicide tapes that he recorded in around two weeks. In these tapes, he spoke about his anger, his depression, and his plan to attack the supermarket. I can't forget either. He obviously talked about Ember. He talked about EGS. I mean, Ember, to him, was his love. Again, yes, this is a cartoon character. And one that he is controlling at this point because he's not even obsessed with Danny Phantom Ember. He's obsessed with Ember, the one he controls. A video that was created on June 1st, 2017, Randy would discuss a lot of his anger and a lot of his hatred, but mainly a lot of hatred for his father. You know, the manager of the supermarket. Speaking of the supermarket, he also would go on in this video to share how much he hated working just so he could earn money. I just became this evil, dark ghoul. The warning signs were always there. They were there from the beginning. That's the truth. It's the honest to goddess truth. You heard me right, I said goddess. I didn't say God, I said goddess. But I don't believe in God. I believe in a goddess, which is Ember. Dad can drop f***ing dead. I'm your f***ing kid and you don't know anything about me. You don't know how I truly feel about anything. And I can't tell you that stuff. And then all he f***ing seemed to care about was like me getting a full-time job and making money and then trying to move out of the f***ing house and start my own life and all this sh which I knew I, never, I was never going to do. I don't see why it was such a big f***ing deal because I was still part-time at the store. I was still making money, you f***ing I was making f***ing money. I wasn't just sitting around doing nothing. I was virtually full-time at the f***ing store as a part-time f***ing worker, you damn and you make it out to be like I wasn't doing anything with my fucking life. Kiss my fucking ass. All that 
it was on my mind anymore were girls and girls and girls and girls. I could not get girls off my mind and the whole cartoon channel is girls, dead girls. And in the squad, like myself, there are people who were guys on earth that become girls in the ghost squad, which is where I'm going. Then on June 3rd, Randy released his final video. In this video known as Goodbye Earth, he let everyone know he would no longer be alive, coming next week. Brings back memories, doesn't it? What happened? Whoever would have thought that a cartoon character would cause this to happen. Yeah, it's, it's all thanks to Ember. Ember changed everything. All goes back to her. She's more than just a cartoon. Let me tell you. I'm gonna be dead before next week ends. I'll be dead. Legit dead. Thank you for all the late nights. Thank you for all the live streams. Thank you for all of your support, all of your feedback, no matter how good or bad it was. And I hope I've helped make a difference for you. And sadly, I'll never know all the lives I've touched, all the lives I've changed, helped change rather. I'll never know. I won't. All right. This is Andrew Blaze signing off for the last time. I'll see some of you soon. Okay, so this brings us to the night before the attack. Randy recorded a video, let's call it the supermarket tour. He didn't say anything, but he went through and showed the supermarket, which was eerily quiet, very ominous if you ask me, and he went to the exits to show exactly where they were. Then, on June 7th, 2017, Randy arrived at Wise Supermarkets for his shift at 11 p.m. There, he blocked the emergency exit in the back of the store of the staff area with his car. He then went inside and worked for about 19 minutes, cleaning and organizing. Then, at 11.19, he uploaded one final video of the EGS squad. This was about a 42-minute video. This video depicted himself and the characters attacking Westboro High School. This video also wasn't completed, as I stated. There were cuts in it, there were like sketch pieces, and this is all due to the fact what Randy says, he reached out to animators and voice actors who refused to help him. Even though he reached out to these animators and voice actors, as I stated, they didn't respond or they simply said no. This was due to the graphic nature. Randy was so angry, he released a statement. To all of the people who screwed me over on this video and left me hanging, fuck you. To all of the animators who agreed to help and shoved me aside as if I didn't even matter, fuck you. To all of the worthless people involved with this video in general who made me feel like I didn't even matter, fuck you. To everyone who agreed to help me in general and made me feel like I didn't even matter, fuck you. To the fans who will appreciate what I managed to get done within the last five months completely on my own, thank you. There are going to be some missing shots left unfinished in this with animatics in place of black holes due to zero of the 10 plus animators whom I reached out to and didn't even lift a finger to help me out. So needless to say, Randy was outraged that he had to do this project all by himself. 
He didn't finish the animation, however, because at this point, without having any help, he also didn't have a lot of desire and will to live. So he just released it as is. Then at 1210, he shared multiple links of his suicide tapes, all with details of his plan. He then went around the exits and put pallets blocking them. Then he locked the front automatic door and blocked it. Donning a shirt now that says it's our time to rise and his two guns that I mentioned earlier, he walked around the supermarket. As Randy walked around the store, he killed three of his co-workers, Victoria Brong, Brian Hayes, and Terry Lee Sterling. He then approached another co-worker, Kristen Newell. During this time, the fourth employee, Kristen Newell, had been listening to music in her headphones and had no idea of the carnage that was happening around her in the store. On CCTV that has not been released, she is seen standing while Randy is behind her. However, he does not hurt her. He simply, after a few seconds, turns around, goes to the next aisle, and continues shooting merchandise on the shelves. I have a quick little question. What fucking headphones was she using? Side note, I just want to know what headphones she had that were that noise-canceling. After this, Randy proceeded to fire at a glass and other merchandise, as I stated, and shot multiple small propane tanks, which failed to explode. Around this time, Kristen then takes off her headphones and hears the gunshots. She hides in the crew room and calls 911. Sadly, when she was going to go and hide and call 911, this is when she saw all of her co-workers dead on the floor. Now, during this 911 call that she made, Randy had gone over to the deli section of the supermarket, sat down, put the shotgun in his mouth, and took his own life. Four people are dead after a murder-suicide shooting in northeast Pennsylvania. This happened just before one this morning in a supermarket outside of Scranton. Police say 24-year-old Randy Stair fatally shot three co-workers before turning the gun on himself. The victims were between 26 and 63 years old. One eyewitness did manage to escape unharmed. No word yet on a motive. Police arrived only minutes after Kristen's 911 call. This is where they found Randy and the three victims deceased. For about a month, Y Supermarket was shut down. It was then restored and reopened about a month later. Now let me tell you something that is really fucking shocking. About a month before Randy carried through this heinous act, he actually sent emails to a few of his friends describing and telling them exactly what he planned on doing. He told them that most likely by the time they saw the email, he would be dead. In these emails, he shared about regrets, saying, you know, I'm sorry I didn't accomplish what I should have. I'm sorry I couldn't become who I was. But he would be joining Ember and the girls in the afterlife very soon. Now, Randy thought, just like Columbine, that this shooting, his attack, would become infamous and kind of become really big international news. Sadly, this case was not covered that much at all. Randy didn't get the notoriety he was hoping for. This story barely even made it to any front page, was barely even a headline. Me trying to search for news coverage was so far and few between. Hey humans, so today's April 24th, 2017, and I just wrote about this, but I'm going to talk about it now to the microphone just because it's kind of, <laughs> it's not kind of, it is a big deal. Um, I pretty much... Just, I don't know. 
<sighs> I kind of decided to change the date on when I'm going to do this. Um, you know, I kept tossing back and forth in my head, like, September 7th or maybe July or whatnot, but I'm thinking I'm going to do it in June. Just, I'm, I'm almost running on empty right now. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't keep living, period. I'm just, I'm done. I'm so done. I don't know how to even, like, describe how I'm feeling. It's, like, virtually impossible. Um, it's just, the desire is just gone. It's long since gone through the roof to go. And I'm just at the point now where I'm just done. And that brings us to the end of the case. There was no justice because Randy took his own life. Three people were fatally shot because of one man's delusional beliefs and mind. The red flags were there and nobody reached out for help. Mental illness is very real and I know a lot of you struggle with it. But be it you or be it somebody else and you notice red flags, please get help. Reach out, tell somebody, say something. You can save a life, if not multiple. That may sound dramatic, but I mean it. If there's one thing I have learned in researching these crimes is sometimes if somebody would have said something, we might not be here discussing this. And that's it, our episode for today. The case of Randy Stare. I really don't want to say that I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because I do tend to feel very odd saying that when I talk about some of the darkest shit out there. But I do hope that you guys continue to enjoy the content that I create for you here on What the Actual F. Sorry I did not release an episode last week. For many of you who do follow my social medias, you're probably very well aware that my son is here for the whole summer. And priorities are that little man. I will still continue to create content and release a podcast every week to the best that I can. If I miss a week here and there for the next nine weeks, my apologies. However, until we meet again on this podcast, stay safe, I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next time. Right now, baby.